0: Hello, David Politis here, Silicon Slopes. And today we're on Silicon Slopes Conversations. With me today, Dr. June Steely, Director of, what's the official title again?
1: Medical Director of Nomi Health.
0: Medical Director Nomi Health. That means like you're the big kahuna?
1: I don't know that I'd say that. I certainly have other people who collaborate with me who are other medical directors.
0: Perfect, perfect. Well, welcome. Thank you for being here today. We're here today to talk about A specific new thing that I recently learned about called long COVID. Long COVID. Now, obviously, coronavirus has been in the news for over two years. Um, As we were talking earlier, I got COVID way back in January of 2020 after going to this major trade show, 165,000. My closest friends were there sick as a dog for about 10 days. It's, coronavirus is not a fun thing, right?
1: Absolutely not. You do not want to have it if you can avoid it.
0: Right, right. And it's, there's been a lot of controversy and a lot of interest about it. It's been in the news and we're not going to get into all that. But when I, I read this story originally in Wired Magazine of all places, and then that later that same day, I saw this announcement from Nomi Health that talked about what Nomi is doing to help its clients both large corporations and healthcare providers slash um, insurance, not insurance companies, but to help them with monitoring of something that is known as long COVID. I was like, oh wait, I need to reach out to this company. So officially it's known as post-acute sequela? Sequela. Sequela of SARS-CoV-2 infection. What the heck does that even mean?
1: It's a lot easier to say long haulers, people who have had symptoms for the long haul or long COVID is another way it's most commonly referred to.
0: So, but when I dug into this, did some research, most people, if they get sick and not everybody who quote gets sick even has symptoms, right? That's correct. Yeah. So they're asymptomatic. What does it mean to be a long hauler, to have long COVID or post-COVID? What does that right. even mean?
1: The majority of people, luckily, get sick, have somewhat mild, although you yourself know that they're not that mild, symptoms, and recover within a couple of weeks. Right. Some people get very sick, have to be in the ICU, stay there for weeks to months, and then have a very long recovery and continue to have symptoms. Now, those people are one type of people we would consider long COVID sufferers. But there's another kind of people, and these are usually younger patients who get sick or maybe they're not even sure they had it, but then weeks to months later, continue to have symptoms that are debilitating. And those folks are luckily not as common as people having continued symptoms for a long time after they've been in the hospital, but they're there and they have gone from being completely functional, they're usually young in the prime of their lives, to having very debilitating symptoms daily.
0: So when I think about COVID, coronavirus, COVID-19, tying back, of course, the year that it first emerged over in China, in spite of some protestations out of the People's Republic, I think of mostly respiratory, right? And I think the challenges for those that tend to be older 45, 55, and above. And then where it gets really tricky is with those who have what are known as comorbidities. Now, real simply for our audience out there, what is a comorbidity?
1: Comorbidity is a chronic condition that you have that makes you more likely to have severe disease. So hypertension or high blood pressure, having had a heart attack in the past, having diabetes. Those are all comorbidities.
0: Okay. So... You have somebody who has a chronic disease or a chronic condition. COPD, of course, would be one. Someone who's had pneumonia or walking pneumonia before, not a good thing, right? Emphysema would not be a good thing, correct, right? Um, And I'm trying not to laugh, but no, obviously that would be bad. So these are individuals typically that are above middle age or above. But you said moments ago that when it comes to long haulers, That, in fact, it can be those who are in the prime of their life or even younger. What's going on here?
1: Well, we wish we understood that. Right. You know, there is speculation that the virus triggers the immune system to produce inflammation in the body for months afterwards. And we are studying that, of course, very... Everybody wants to know. (laughs) So we're studying it. We don't understand it, but we've noticed it, and we're trying to help those people.
0: Okay. And for these individuals, what I'm seeing, and in fact, part of what was included on the Nomi Health website, you listed here what happens symptomatically and give examples of what happens between 1 to 180 days after disease onset and what happens at 90 to 180. So basically the first quarter to the second quarter after someone has COVID. And- There's a stuff on here that makes sense. Abnormal breathing, chest and throat pain, okay? But then it gets into stuff like abdominal symptoms and cognitive symptoms and anxiety and depression. And in fact, it says that for those, from your data that you shared on your your website, it says that upwards of 22% of people who are long haulers suffer from some form of anxiety or depression can you talk
1: about that yes i think that's you know a result of the illness they are used to being productive individuals who can do what they want to do exercise when they want to exercise can you know go to work get stuff done and now they find their ability to do those things is limited and of course that would make anybody feel down and uh, okay. depressed
0: okay okay it's not necessarily that it's attacking your your central cortex or anything Well there has been
1: some evidence maybe? of that too. There has really? been some studies that shown that covid has affected the brain including the place in our brain where we sense smell.
0: So yes. there
1: is some of each. It's yeah. you know can be part of the disease but it can also be in reaction to the disability.
0: Well, and, and in fact one of my best friends covid hit their family here probably 7 months ago ran through all all the kids, the parents, and my friend still says to this day, I can't smell everything, or it doesn't smell right. And I'm like, okay. So obviously that smell is central nervous.
1: Yes, and there have been some scans showing that there is damage to that area of the brain that can persist for a long time.
0: Fascinating, fascinating. So how then is the symptom long-term showing up for some individuals with abdominal pain. I don't understand that.
1: That could be nausea, some vomiting, or just discomfort. Mm-hmm. Um, the virus can you know, inf- affect the intestinal function also. Okay. And again, we don't understand it all. It's a pretty new disease. Okay.
0: So, and then what about for for those who are younger? And let me break those into like three categories. So... 320, so the the teenagers, and then those who are actually tweens or younger. What should parents be concerned about with regards to long term COVID, chronic COVID for their children and their youth?
1: Yes, well, luckily, it is less common the younger you get. Good. So, and they are likely to recover more quickly the younger they are, also. But, you know, certainly watching their level of activity, do they? Are they still able to run around on the playground like they used to? Are they still able to participate in sports? Do they seem to be having a harder time at school because they're having trouble concentrating? Those would be symptoms to look for.
0: So they're literally saying that some kids who have had COVID, school is harder for them because they can't concentrate, they can't stay on point, is that right?
1: That's correct. Like, luckily, it is not as common in children, but it has been observed.
0: Are they seeing a similar challenge for adults with, lack of ability to focus or lack of energy yeah, I get, the, energy I get. The
1: term is brain fog, Brain is how fog. people like to describe it. Has
0: this been added to the lexicon then for <laughs> medical professionals?
1: Well, I don't think it was come up with by a medical professional, but it is certainly something that we hear and that people say and can kind of understand.
0: I feel that way when it gets really warm in the spring. I have a brain fog about work. You're not talking about <laughs> no, that, right? No.
1: Okay. I'm talking about tasks that used to be easy for you to do cognitively. Things at work or, well, people don't balance their checkbook anymore. But, you know, that right. type of thing that they find it more difficult.
0: Interesting. Since can, having COVID. Can it be also memory? Just yeah. straight up memory? like. Yes harder to recall that name harder to recall that that phrase or whatever yes, yes
1: it can be that too
0: okay interesting so in simple terms what nomi has done is they've said we're seeing this we're involved in trying to help change the role of insurance and healthcare and providing greater ability for individuals and for employers to lower healthcare costs and to help individuals take more control of their healthcare. That's a general level description of what Nomi is about, correct? That's correct. Okay.
1: And long COVID has really interfered with the lives and livelihoods of millions of Americans.
0: Right, right. Do we have a sense of how many Americans may actually be struggling with some form of long COVID today?
1: I've certainly seen numbers, but it's really difficult to tell. And luckily, most people do get better, and so the numbers would change from week to week.
0: So it's more than two and less than three hundred thirty million. Seen, I mean, that doesn't help. I've me seen very between much.
1: three and twenty-three million Americans. What? Seriously? Yes, between three and twenty-three million Americans are the the numbers I've seen.
0: Wow. Okay. So on the one end, okay, it's one percent. So it's it's bad, but it's not really bad. If it's twenty-three million, you're upward of six seven percent of the population. Really.
1: Well. Like I said, I don't know. I know, I know, I know, no, no, no. I'm
0: not trying to pull you down. I'm just doing the math in my head. Uh I mean, I'm not a math whiz, but I can do those numbers. Is This is not a, a U.S. thing, though.
1: No, it's not only in the U.S.
0: You're seeing this around the world, regardless of economic strata, regardless of race, regardless of culture, and to some extent, regardless of age, correct? Yes. Okay. So then what is... What's an adult supposed to do? What's a parent supposed to do? What's a caregiver supposed to do? If they themselves notice that, you know, gee, it's been a week and a half, two weeks, three weeks, three months, I'm struggling with abnormal breathing, fatigue, malaise, chest, throat pain, headache, other pain, abdominal symptoms, Malaysia. Malaise. 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 Oh, sorry. Uh, Cognitive symptoms or anxiety and depression, what are they supposed to do?
1: Well, I would recommend um, that they see a healthcare provider Uh and um, have them help determine, is this long-term COVID? Is this something else?
0: Okay. Is there a test that can actually tell you if you have long-term COVID? No,
1: it's a diagnosis of exclusion with the right symptoms and the right circumstance. Okay. So unfortunately, no, there's not a blood test that says you have it or you don't have it.
0: Okay. And diagnosis of exclusion is you're looking for, well, you don't have pneumonia, you don't have, you know, whooping cough, you don't have whatever else, right? Some things
1: that could mimic it would be, say, anemia. Um, And so they would want to do a blood count to make sure you have enough blood cells or low thyroid levels. So they might want to do that type of test too.
0: Okay. All right. Are we, we're not going to get rid of COVID, are we?
1: Unfortunately,
0: no. Coronavirus is here to stay and has been for a couple decades, right?
1: Well, yes, not COVID nineteen, form- not COVID nineteen, but yes, different SARS and different coronaviruses.
0: Yes, are, so. SARS and different coronaviruses, and so it then becomes just part of the fabric of our life, right? So, in in closing, then, so. I'm assuming you're going to say, if you're not vaccinated, go get vaccinated, right?
1: That's true. And even if you have long COVID, if you get vaccinated, it will not make your symptoms worse. In some studies, it made them better.
0: Okay. But obviously, basic stuff. Wash your hands regularly, religiously, someone say, correct? Correct. Avoid being in large crowds if you can, right? Correct. And uh, are you a believer in masks and masking?
1: I am, especially if you're going to be in close quarters with a lot of people and there's a high prevalence in the community.
0: Okay, high prevalence of people of 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 COVID, coronavirus, okay. And what other things would you tell someone last minute as far as we've had this conversation today, what else can you do to try to help yourself with regards to just coronavirus and being healthy, period? Mm
1: -hmm. Well, I mean, as far as coronavirus goes, all the things you said, get vaccinated, avoid it, As far as if you think you have long COVID, then I think a support system that can really help you, that can say, I believe you, this isn't all in your head, you're not alone, I can't cure you, but here's some things I can do to help you cope.
0: Okay, fair enough. Dr. June Seeley, appreciate you coming in today, Nomi Health, and talking to us about chronic coronavirus, chronic COVID, long-term COVID, post-COVID syndrome, I mean, on and on and on. This is David Politus with Silken Slopes Conversations. Thank you for joining us today.